You're listening to the IBC Podcast, your international baseball career guide. Play ball! Now, here's your host, David Burns. Welcome to episode number 45. Uh, this one focuses more on the long-term career aspect of taking your baseball career overseas. A number of players have come overseas in the last couple of years through the IBC website. Uh, I've seen them come and go, seen them move on with their lives and put baseball behind them after this one last hurrah. Uh, but a lot of them also stick around and make somewhat of a career out of it. And uh, so there's a number of names that come to mind, but uh, the one at the top of the list is Owen Reed, who you've probably heard on the podcast before. And I have him back again today. Uh, this is a great interview. He tells us a lot about his story from beginning to end, uh, his journey along the way, and all the countries he's seen around the globe. Um, he definitely is the epitome of using baseball as your ticket to see the world. So uh, without further ado, let's get on with this podcast episode with Owen Reed. Uh, he also goes into a lot of depth about Australian baseball. Uh, so if you need any inspiration, this is definitely a must hear. So without further ado, episode number one, sorry, E45 with Owen Reed. This episode is sponsored by Sam Bat, the original Maple Bat Corporation. IBC is also the supplier in Europe for Sam Bat. So for any individual or team orders, please contact me at d.burns at baseballjobsoverseas.com. Owen, welcome back for the fourth time to the IBC podcast. David, thank you for having me. It's good to be back on here, and uh, I'm glad to, to be able to chat with you again. So this time around, I'd like to take it uh, maybe a, another route. We, we typically you know, get right into the, the baseball side of things, but I was browsing through your, your website that <clears throat> you shared with me the other day, and it's pretty amazing where you've been. Uh, you've been all over the world, and I know baseball played a large role in that. Uh, so it's, it's quite an extensive travel resume, and I know baseball played a large role in that. So can you kind of summarize how much baseball has played a role in that or, or has given you an opportunity to see that much of the world? Absolutely. The baseball has been has kind of been my ticket around the world and both literally and figuratively, David. So my first international baseball experience, I should say my first international experience where where I left the United States but did not leave North America was when I traveled across the border from San Diego, California to Tijuana, Mexico. And that was just a day trip that I took with my father and a family friend. And ever since then, I, I had always been intrigued by, by getting out of the United States and being able to see other parts of the world. So it sounds like um, you pretty much had your, your mind made up then uh, um, during the college years that post-college you're, you're going to play internationally or you're going to continue with the baseball career internationally or or can you maybe take us back to, to that decision process uh, upon graduation of baseball whether to play indie ball or travel or or get a job uh, what, what, were, what was your train of thought back then? I wish I could say that it was that it was thought out and that there was there was some tact in it but unfortunately Baseball was at the forefront of my mind throughout high school, throughout college, and as I got to the last couple of years of my collegiate career, it became evident that playing professionally was, I was going to have a very slim opportunity to do that, whereas earlier in my, you know, I should say later in my high school years and earlier in my college years, I still held on to, to what I thought was a sliver of hope that I could maybe do that. 
but things didn't work out that way, and I wouldn't have it any other way at this moment. But ultimately, I, I was put in touch with a gentleman who's from Vienna, Austria, who played at Winthrop University, and my head coach at the time at Winthrop put me in touch with them when I made it clear that I wanted to play baseball once my college career was over. I didn't want to have the typical 9-to-5 job like most of my college teammates would end up having, and I wanted to see the world and my goal was to actually do it in a Spanish-speaking country. So I kind of failed in that regard that I didn't get somewhere where Spanish was spoken, but I, I ended up landing in Austria. And from that point forward until now, I should say, it's, it's been, as you mentioned with my website, it's been, a, it's been a, an, ever, an, an ever-evolving, it seems, door that has opened up a new opportunity left, right, and center for me to go somewhere else and play baseball, coach baseball, or just be involved in the game one way or the other. Yeah, and, and well, I think once that ball gets rolling internationally, then it, those things do happen. It just kind of snowballs from there, and, and there's, there's plenty more opportunities, I think, or less competition for these opportunities when you, when you look abroad. And uh, So it all started in Austria. Uh, maybe can you speak a little bit about that Austrian experience, about the culture, and, and what you enjoyed the most about uh, playing in Austria? Because you, you spent two seasons in Austria with two different teams, uh, one in the first division, one in the second division. Um, so maybe you can just speak a little bit about your fondest memories from that experience. I would have to say, aside from the, the great moments I had on the field and obviously being able to win the Austrian Baseball, Austrian Baseball League Championship with, the at the time, the Vienna Superfund Wanderers, I... Aside from that, it's the people that I met, the, the relationships and the friendships that I've built through, you know, through those, those months that I spent in Austria and, of course, the opportunities that I had to travel and to see Europe and to be able to play baseball in different countries and, and learn different languages and interact with people from different backgrounds. And I think coming from a small town in central Missouri and then going to school in Texas and then going to school in South Carolina and traveling quite a bit domestically in the United States. I was, I wouldn't say sheltered, but I would say that there were many things that I wasn't privy to from a worldly sense. And when I got to Europe, it was, it wasn't a shock, but uh, it was certainly a steep learning curve for me. And so initially there was a lot that I had to take on and, and learn and, and adapt to quickly, which I think has set me up for being in a position that I'm in now where I really don't know any strangers and I really don't know any situation that I can't handle or, or at least find a level of comfort in, in being able to manage or, or adapt to. So the, that, that experience in, in Europe and in Austria specifically, I think really set me up and provided me the foundation necessary to live abroad, work abroad, play baseball abroad and, and essentially start a life overseas. Yeah. Which which can can be difficult at times, you know. You're away from family and friends, and you're in different different cultures where they speak different languages. So uh, it's not an easy adjustment, especially in the long term. But uh, you know, when I look at, I think anyone that takes a look at your website, which I'm going to provide a link to uh, on this blog post, um, it's it's pretty amazing when you look at the the whole story. So we're just getting started here. When I look when I look at uh, your time in Austria, that was that's a nice central location in Europe. And you managed to make your way to the Czech Republic and France and Germany and Hungary, Italy, Liechtenstein, San Marino, Slovakia, Slovenia, Spain, and Switzerland. And that's in the over the course of two seasons spent in Austria. 
That's going to take a little bit of money out of your own pocket. Uh, I, I know that uh, they're not paying you a lot of money over here in Austria. I can speak from experience. So uh, can you give people an idea of, of, you know, what kind of travel budget in order, you know, maybe to do even half of that or, or a third of that, maybe visit a country or two, what, what we're looking at? Look, I, uh, I couldn't honestly throw a number on that. The, my biggest or my best recommendation, the, the thing that I feel like I've done well is is just network and a lot of my opportunities that have come about and the experiences that I've been able to have have come from 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 me just feeling feeling out a situation and, and understanding that that there might be an opportunity that that I can take advantage of and and being able to whether it's bunk up with someone in a town or a city that all I have to do is is find a way to get there whether it's um, Going in, going in half with someone who wants to travel somewhere and splitting the cost, mm-hmm. whether it's eating a cheap meal for a few different nights or uh, being able to, to cook a meal instead of eating a meal out or finding a deal on an airline or, or a, a bus ticket, anything that can kind of provide me with an edge or, or financially or just uh, streetwise is, is really where I feel like I've not made my money, but certainly saved my money. And, and, and I will say that, that obviously being in a situation where I was fortunate to have earned a, a scholarship in college has put me in a position where I wasn't in debt financially mm-hmm. and was in a position where I did have a little bit of money saved and, and had the financial means to, to be able to call on that if necessary. But thankfully, knock on wood, I've not had to do that as yet and have been in a position where I've always seemed to land on my feet and, and find, a way, find a way through a situation even if, even if it's not the most ideal or, or the best set of circumstances. Yeah, that, that's great advice. I, you know, there's, there's imports all across Europe. So, I mean, if you are networking, if you're involved in any international competitions in Europe, uh, networking is the key not just for building those relationships for potentially playing in another country in a, in a, in the following year, but also for traveling and crashing on someone's couch. And, uh, you know, so that's, that's great advice there. Uh, but what comes along with that then is something we've touched base on before are, um, guys that are coming over to Europe to travel before baseball or baseball before travel. So I know there's a fine line, right? Uh, between the traveling baseball player or the baseball player that travels a bit and you traveled a lot, but I think you did a good job of, of keeping it professional and, and, and balancing the two. Um, are there any tips, uh, uh when, you know, speaking, you know, if, tra- if you do have that travel bug and you're negotiating a contract or there, is there any advice that you would uh, give somebody when speaking to a club that they're considering playing for? I think first and foremost, if a baseball club is going to invest in someone financially, they want to know that you're going to invest back in them with the work that you put in with local players, whether they're younger, older, experienced or inexperienced, and that you're going to produce on the field. And if those expectations are met and you've got the right attitude and the right level of energy and enthusiasm for, for the team and for the organization – there will be plenty of opportunities to travel and there will be, there will be chances whereby a few days can be taken to go see somewhere local or take a short trip to somewhere that might be nearby. That's that's somewhere different and unique. And, and I think that's where I was, I was in a good position is that 
I, I put in my work and, and I made sure that, that my effort was, was obviously recognized. And, and then I felt as though the, the way that I wanted to be rewarded for that was not necessarily financially, but just to have the opportunity to, to travel and to have, to take advantage of any chances I could to, to see different parts of a place that I may never come back to. And so I think for any aspiring baseball players who have the interest in traveling, if you put baseball first or if you put your best foot forward with the people who have invested in you, then you will reap the benefits of that in return. Yeah, definitely. Excellent advice again. Um, so that led you on to New Zealand and then Australia. We're going to group those two, even though they don't like to be grouped, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> We're going to group those two. So you headed to New Zealand, actually, between those two Austrian stops. You spent a, a season in New Zealand, and then uh, you made your way over to Australia. So with that being said, you, you've been all over Australia. When I look at your website here, um, you've been to pretty much every every part of Australia and New Zealand. So can you, uh, I, I know it's difficult to speak about the baseball in all those states and everything because you, you haven't really experienced that, <clears throat> but you have experienced as far as, um, you know, uh, the travel side of things and, and the sightseeing. And, and so can you give us a little uh, uh, feedback as to um, how easy it is to travel around Aust- Australia? Um, what, any advice as far as, you know, the, the best form of travel? Sure. Australia is an expensive place, whether you're living there or traveling there. So it was, it was certainly taxing at times on my bank account, but the, the four years that I spent living in Perth and having the opportunity to travel throughout Australia and even Southeast Asia are some of the more fond memories I have. And obviously that'll be displayed on my website as well with the photos and the, the amount of experience that I had there. So as far as getting around Australia itself, Unless you're on the East Coast, it's, it's very difficult to get somewhere other than by an airplane. So living in Perth, where I did, the, the most isolated capital city in the world, anywhere I wanted to go that was not in Western Australia, and even in some places that were, required me to fly. And so I was fortunate to, to see several of the, the major cities in Australia through baseball and the Australian Baseball League as a, as a coach for the Perth Heat. And outside of that, also was fortunate to travel with my family. I showed them around Australia for a two-week period in 2013. And then also traveled a little bit with my girlfriend, Haley. We traveled extensively through, throughout Western Australia and also did some traveling on the East Coast. And then I was able to, to get around with a few friends and see some different parts of Australia that aren't necessarily on the beaten path. And some of that was with, uh, with rental cars, and by rental cars, I mean cars that we paid in excess of maybe $20 a day to rent. So there's plenty of websites and, and deal websites out there where such inexpensive vehicles need to be relocated, and that, that's been an easy way for me to get around a little bit. And then I've been fortunate to, to have found some, some really inexpensive flights, which seem to pop up from time to time, mm-hmm. intra-Australia. And, and then I've actually taken some pretty long road trips throughout Western Australia and even the Eastern states as well in going from location to location. So as big as Australia is, and trust me, it's enormous and very spaced out, there, there have certainly been some stints where it seems like it's been a lot smaller just because I've been able to see and do so much in a limited time. Yeah, yeah. 
speed traveling, we call it. So, so excellent. Um, so then, I'm not sure if you can speak on on these major baseball hotbeds in Australia as far as um, the standard of living or the quality of life or what these cities have to offer. Uh, I'm getting more. I mean, more around the the concept of beach versus bush like uh you know if you can kind of touch base on sydney and brisbane and melbourne and adelaide just quickly and canberra and and perth those six locations where those state leagues are kind of based around uh, i'm just trying to get from the perspective of somebody considering going to australia and they have no idea you know whether where the best place to live is uh, as far as lifestyle is concerned or if they enjoy outdoors so maybe, you know, obviously Sydney's a major metropolitan area, but if we can touch base on some of the other places you've been. Have you been to Melbourne or Adelaide? I have. I've actually been to all six of those cities. The only capital city that I've not been to in Australia is Darwin, which is at the very top end of Australia, mm-hmm. located in the Northern Territory. I've been to the Northern Territory, but never to Darwin. So these cities that you've mentioned, all of, with the exception of Canberra, are all on the ocean so they're all they all have beaches they all have very beautiful coastlines which australia is is very known for and having traveled to sydney brisbane melbourne adelaide and perth those that are on the ocean it's it is a thing of beauty to be able to fly into those cities and spend some time at the beach the beaches in australia are absolutely incredible and i rate them above anywhere else that i've been in the world they're absolutely immaculate, pristine, and I, I, I dearly miss them now living in Singapore. But touching base specifically, Sydney is a big city, as you mentioned, and has, has a lot to offer. Each of those cities certainly have the Australian Baseball League uh, franchises in them. Mm-hmm. So the Sydney Blue Sox are, are obviously uh, a team in that league. And I don't know specifically in New South Wales, which is the state that Sydney is located in, about their baseball infrastructure from a state association perspective, but baseball exists all the way from the the ABL down to the lowest level uh, of T-ball or even social baseball for for grown men. So there's there's baseball for anyone of any experience and interest level, and that exists as well in Queensland where Brisbane is. Brisbane's actually one of my more favorite cities in Australia. I'm quite fond of the city and and the the atmosphere and the vibe there and uh and i've spent some time there as well and i I really enjoy it and there's good baseball played in queensland it's a huge state so there's a a ton of baseball along the coast and and spaced out throughout uh, all of qld and then shifting down to melbourne which is uh, in the state of victoria i I really like melbourne as a city and it's uh it's kind of known as more of kind of an artsy or eclectic city and very vibrant and cosmopolitan and that description is probably spot on and i i really really like the culture there and the they're very passionate about australian rules football that's the the mecca for afl Mm -hmm. and it's it's certainly got a lot to offer in the way of of entertainment and nightlife and there's a, a large historical component to both sydney and melbourne so the those are kind of the two mainstream cities and you know, people often commute between the two. Uh, it's, it's, it's a long drive. I've made the drive myself, but it's definitely, if you go to one, you should definitely visit the other, whether as a baseball player or just uh, a tourist. How far a drive is that? 
put me on the spot. Uh, there's actually a roadmap on my website that uh, indicates the distance and, and, and where I traveled specifically during that. But right. it's, uh, it's about a dozen hours from memory. Wow. Okay. I'm Googling, so you can go on. So what about um, uh, Canberra and, and Adelaide? So Canberra is the is the capital of Australia, and much like the the District of Columbia, it is it exists within the state of New South Wales. So it's about halfway between Melbourne and Sydney, and is it's a nice little city. It's it's got a very uh, I should say a very government feel to it. Lots of very of nice historic monuments and buildings and a very structured uh, city that as from a, from a layout perspective, it's very spaced out, but it's still very structured. And it's a place that, that I visited a couple different times for baseball specifically, but was able to get out and kind of appreciate the, the memorials and, you know, the, the infrastructure there when it relates to, as it relates to the government. So that was kind of a new experience for me. I know they play some good baseball in Canberra and have, uh, have a, a strong team each year in the Australian baseball league. And then Adelaide in South Australia is, is kind of a dark horse in, in Australian sightseeing and tourist, uh, realm. I'd say it's it's actually one of my favorite cities. So Perth, I'm biased there because I live there, of course. Brisbane and then Adelaide are right up there as as a couple of my favorites. And it, Adelaide's kind of described as a sleepy city, or maybe a city that's behind the times, or um, the wild, wild west of Central Australia, if you will. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's. It's definitely a place that if you like the beach, you can go. There's really nice beaches. If you like wine country, South Australia is really known for its wine. There's several wine regions uh, within a short distance of Adelaide. And you've got uh, the bush as well if that's what you want. You know, South Australia is a, is a big state where if you just drive a few hours north, there's absolutely nothing. And so there's something to be said in situations like that where you have such diversity and then you've got the uh, the city feel as well, if you want it, right in the heart of Adelaide, where um, obviously you've got the central business district where it's uh, it's fairly popular and, and there's the hustle and bustle of the day in, day out uh, movements of, of the city goers. Yeah, but it seems like you're qu- somewhat, when I'm Google mapped it here, you're somewhat isolated there from, from the other parts of the country, not as much as Perth maybe, but... Uh if you're in Adelaide, you're in Adelaide, unless you're going to go on a, a lengthy trip or you can hop on a plane, it appears. That's right. Much like Perth, Adelaide is fairly isolated. I, I did the drive from Adelaide to Melbourne, and and that's quite a haul as well. And that's a, a drive that is, from what I've been told, uh, frequently frequently taken by by travelers, and and then they continue on to Sydney. So that would take some time, but it is definitely worth it as the coastline through South Australia and through Victoria is absolutely gorgeous, and more specifically, the Great Ocean Road just before you get to Melbourne. Yeah, it looks like there's the route from Adelaide. There, you can you can take it. You can go right down to the coast and, and drive right along there, from what I see. So I, I googled it. Melbourne to Sydney is about ten hours, so and Adelaide looks like about the same. So. Excellent. So very good information. Thanks. That's the perspective I wanted to get and you're the guy to talk to there because um, I know a lot of guys are, you know, that's quite often the question I'm, get, I'm getting is do you have any recommendations, 
you know, which is better place to live, Adelaide or, or, or Sydney, for example, and I really don't have much of a response. Uh, <clears throat> it's nothing you can't Google, but it is kind of nice to hear it. Um, and I'm going to ask you a question you may not be able to answer. I'm not sure. Um, as far as uh, ABL clubs, those are, you know, like you said, where the franchises are located. Uh, do, do you know of any ABL clubs that tend to bring imports up from the state league a little more than others? That's a that is a difficult question to answer, David. Only because the Australian Baseball League has recently implemented import rules, mm-hmm. and I should say, has recently modified their import rules. Whereby, if a player is, and I'm not going to speak in detail on it because I don't know the specificity of of the rule as it stands today, but if an ABL team has import players, they're only allowed a certain number of non-affiliated import players and a non-affiliated import player is someone who is currently not on an active major or minor league roster with one of the 30 major league organizations Mm -hmm. so if someone played independent league baseball for the last three seasons and decided that they wanted to come out to australia and play and last on with a local state league team and then that that specific uh, abl franchise found out about this player and wanted them to play for them, that player, if he was good enough, would be a non-affiliated import. And so with each ABL franchise not having, or with them having a specific number of non-affiliated imports that they can carry, that's, that's where the difficult part would be for someone who isn't affiliated is, is uh, fitting into that criteria for that specific franchise. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll try to find out the specifics on, on the, the new rules with regarding those non-affiliated uh, players. So that's, that's interesting to know. I, I'm curious what the number would be because there's always a, you know, there's a fine line because a lot of these state league clubs, they don't pay the flight. Uh, often they, get, they, they help you find a job and they'll, they'll set you up with a place to live. Uh, a lot of them do that, but then that kind of, you know, frees the guy up contractually to be able to move up to the ABL as opposed to a club that paid his flight and then pay them an income where they're then they're kind of then they're contractually obligated to that club so I don't really know how those rules work but that tends to be the way it is it's if you're paying your way to go over and play for a state league club then you're free to move up if you're if if the opportunity presents itself I suppose on that my my best recommendation and I've done this with a few a few of the locations that I've traveled to and organizations that I've been a part of is if, if there's a player out there who is interested in playing overseas and are, are pursuing a specific club or are being pursued by a specific club, I would recommend hopping on that club's website or the local state association's website, looking up the statistics from the previous year and finding out who the import players were for that club mm-hmm. and then contacting those guys directly, whether it's through Facebook or Twitter or somehow getting in touch with them to understand it from their perspective and it'll be the most recent sample size to to have that information and to gather the facts to know what they're in for and i think that's a a good way for a prospective employee if you want to call it that to gather as much information as possible to know what the job again it's kind of a a metaphor but to know what the job is going to be and to know exactly what to expect and where the communication will come from and and what it'll be like when they get there. Yeah, I, this I highly recommended definitely because I, I have not every story that I've heard is as peachy keen as as you know 
yours has been. <laughs> I've heard of some nightmares where guys have shown up and, and the club has acted unprofessionally, whether it's Europe or Australia, um, or it's not what they expected or they didn't hold up to their end of the, the bargain. So, I mean, it is always def- it's definitely good to try to get a hold of a, a previous import, a most recent import, if possible. So, uh, one last thing about Australia. You know, this is a bit of a long interview because we still have a little bit more to go here. Um, do you, any idea of... of I keep hearing how they set you up with jobs, and and these jobs are usually pretty well paying. Uh, do you have any idea of, of the typical job an import might get, or, or the pay that comes along with that that could support these travels, like like you've been through? Sure. Well, the the hourly wage in Australia is substantially higher than the hourly wage in the United States, at least from the the numbers that I've seen as of late. So. You you would look at maybe making between twenty and thirty dollars an hour, depending on where you are and specifically the work that you're doing. Uh, personally, I've my my jobs in Australia or overseas have consisted of unloading sea containers of furniture to working in a clothing warehouse where I've unpackaged boxes and loaded clothes into delivery trucks to then take them to different stores. And I've heard of guys who who load drink bottles into different containers and then load those containers into different delivery trucks. I've learned of guys who have operated heavy machinery because they were qualified to do so. And I've learned of guys who were delivery drivers, just mm-hmm. delivered parcels and delivered, d- delivered goods. So it's it's certainly not the the job maybe that that most people would would envision having whether sitting at a desk or answering phones it's definitely one that they keep on your feet and moving around and active but at the same time it's a job that is is definitely more is definitely higher paying than most jobs that that north americans would be used to having yeah or as opposed to um uh, a typical professional baseball job in Europe where you're not really paid a lot. It looks like you're actually making a decent living and, and you can, uh, and you can travel a bit on, on that extra income that you're, um, you're earning there. So great. Thanks for that feedback. Definitely. I appreciate it. This episode is sponsored by Sam Bat, the original Maple Bat Corporation. IBC is also the supplier in Europe for Sam Bat. So for any individual or team orders, please contact me at d.burns at baseballjobsoverseas.com. But right now, why don't you take us through your current role in Singapore, uh, and then we'll we'll talk a little bit about your adventures in Asia, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up. Absolutely. So currently, David, I'm the director of baseball operations for a company called The Hit Factory. And the company itself is only 14 months old. It started in August 2013 and was opened by two American men who had lived in Singapore for a handful of years and wanted to offer a professional product in the baseball and softball realm. So currently, The Hit Factory has as six different club teams where local local baseball players and softball players predominantly expats from the United States or various locations throughout the world play for our club teams and so we have an indoor 9000 square foot indoor baseball facility where we have a, a 9 month training program for these players aged from 8 all the way up to 17 years old 
come in and have weekly training sessions and then gear up for uh, specific tournaments or events uh, around the globe that take place throughout that nine-month period. So, in fact, just yesterday, returned from Tokyo, where I spent six days coaching three different teams across three different age groups against local Japanese talent. So that was a phenomenal experience for about 40 of our kids, and they had the chance to, to see Japan and do, take in some culture while playing a handful of baseball games over uh, over a six-day period. So that's just one component of my role, putting together those tours and, and being able to to execute them and, and facilitate such a, such an offer for these kids and their parents. Mm-hmm. And then from day to day, I you know I, I put together various revenue streams. Uh, we host international events from from year to year and overall manage uh, the continuity of our six teams to ensure that we've got development pathways in place and while simultaneously coordinating the baseball tours through the Asia Pacific region uh, even over to Europe and North America which we have plans to do mm-hmm. and we've got uh, we've got five professional coaches in the facility uh, including myself so creating and supervising those the consistent coaching models for for the coaches within our organization is obviously a priority for us and we uh, we have various components to our programs, uh, dealing with local schools. We do specialist clinics, and and obviously have uh, elements of each of our programs that have a strength and conditioning component, and where we we work with the athletes in a, in a kind of a player and athlete development point of view, while while also working with players who who are brand new to the game and maybe are just uh just becoming familiar with baseball or softball mm-hmm. <clears throat> so the majority of the, of the kids you're working with they're all from singapore area there, or do you have anything for anyone that is from the outside for a two three week period do you have hosting capabilities or is that something for down the road we definitely would have hosting capabilities yes we've every year we host a Every February, we host what is called the Hit Factory Singapore Classic. So the THF Classic is a it's a softball and baseball tournament that takes place here locally in Singapore, and we have age groups that are from ten and under, twelve and under, and fourteen and under. And we look after the players with accommodation at an expensive rate here in Singapore, which is fairly hard to come by, mm-hmm. and and provide them a, a really unique baseball opportunity where they can play against uh, teams from the region. And as far north as the the Middle East, and as far south as Australia. Okay, that's great. And and I'm always thinking from the mind of the the guys on my website or the ones listening to the podcast, if there's any opportunities um, for them within baseball in the Singapore area, as far as if if more on the coaching side of things, or if they want to be an instructor for one of these um, events that you host. Or maybe they're it's in Australia def- at the moment. Sorry to interrupt. Maybe they're in Australia at the moment and they <clears throat> on their way back, if it works out or, or if they have some time free during one of these events, maybe they can can fly up, see some of Singapore, help out. Maybe there's opportunities for such things. There's definitely opportunities for, for like-minded people to be involved in the game up here. It's a unique infrastructure, uh, obviously within our company as kind of a startup business, but at the same time, we we certainly don't shy away from having people who are passionate about the game and developing players and and pushing forward in the same direction. We aren't shy about bringing those people on board. So even if it is for a quick stint, we are we are more than happy to 
I personally would be more than happy to have have such involved and, and at least uh, engaged in what we're doing here so that it becomes uh, almost a, an awareness thing for, for people from other parts of the world to know exactly what's going on here. Yeah, yeah. well, I really had no idea the extent of American people that are living there and, and the, the need for such a facility in, in Singapore. It was little surprising or the, that, that there would be such a demand so so that's excellent it sounds good and and uh, there's a showcase coming up as well do you want to tell us a little bit about that it's in it's in december right absolutely december 6th and 7th we've got a, a the thf inaugural international college baseball showcase and our <laughs> it's going to be a phenomenal event david we've got uh, it's heading Headlined by Augie Garrido, University of Texas head coach, who's coming out, and a handful of other Division I college coaches who are coming out as well from Nebraska, Loyola Marymount, Tulane, and several others. And it's going to be a chance for local baseball players to not only show off their talents, but also create an online player profile whereby hundreds of college baseball coaches at various levels throughout the United States we'll be able to see what kind of players are actually out in this part of the world. There will be a video component to it on the day. There will be mentoring and, and specific uh, sessions where players can, can come along and, and have an opportunity to learn about the, the college recruiting process and the, the systems in place at the, the collegiate baseball level. And so for anyone in the region who, who, is, who is considering playing college baseball or playing baseball at the next level beyond high school, it's a no-brainer, and it's a chance for them to not only get on the map with a specific group of coaches who will physically be present for the weekend, but also to create a an, an online profile that will that could p- potentially shape their future as a baseball player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds like an excellent opportunity, and, and to get back to your own personal. Um, career we'll say uh in in baseball overseas just to go from a uh you know an, an austrian second division coach who wasn't really sure what he's doing with his life as far as baseball is concerned uh if, it, if it's going to continue how it just kind of <clears throat> snowballed from from one year to the other one season to the other and now um now you're in this current role with the responsibilities that you have and uh and the the opportunities that that come along with it to see different parts of Asia, uh, it's just amazing to me, and, and it's it's fun to watch and it's fun to hear about. And I'm curious to see, you know, where things head down the road because you have been all over the place, and I, I find it hard hard to believe that you're you're going to be there for for you know another ten years. I think we'll hear of Owen Reed making the next the next jump to somewhere else in, in the next few years. Uh, but um, I'm pretty sure, sure as the hit factory grows, they're going to want to keep you on board and wherever that next project may be, we'll probably see you there. So, um, so if, there, if there's any um, final advice or, or to any of the guys listening uh, that are looking to establish such a, a long-term career, uh, I know you've already given these tips. You've given a ton of great tips over the last few episodes. Uh, if there's anything you can provide as far as establishing a lengthy career abroad and and progressing up the ranks as you have. My biggest advice, David, would be if someone wants to make it work overseas, there's a way to make it happen. And there's obviously quick fixes or or ways to to do things a lot more expeditiously than than the route that I've chosen. But if if you genuinely want to be working in baseball and you want to be overseas, there are opportunities. There is a niche for people like myself in different parts of the world where 
baseball is growing and it's developing and now's a great time to be involved in the game mm-hmm. and it's a, it's a great chance for for anyone who's passionate about it and who's willing to teach it and who has the patience to I should say the patience as well as the the adaptability to to be able to be in situations that maybe are outside of their comfort zone and and it's it's certainly something that that I've relished and that I've that I've reaped the benefits of and and I'm I'm loving every moment that I've that I've had overseas and and the experiences that I've been able to enjoy and I felt like the the website owenworldwide.com was a way for me to to share my experiences and to to show my friends, my family, and the people who've kind of been a part of my journey, just how unique this has been. And, and hopefully it kind of serves as some motivation for people who maybe have similar aspirations and are maybe doubting themselves or, or doubting what path they can actually take to make it happen. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's inspirational. And anyone listening, I, I definitely recommend it to head over to owenworldwide.com and, and have a look. The, the pictures are beautiful. Uh, it's, it's, it's definitely worth the read. And I think that you're going to be adding to to the website as it goes. It seems like there's, it's still relatively new, and there's a few uh, you know a, a few areas that need that are still yet to be updated or to be added to. But what I see so far, it's it's pretty amazing, and I think inspirational to anybody. So, perfect, David. I appreciate your time, and for anyone interested in in the Hit Factory or or wanting to know more information about the showcase or the Hit Factory Classic in February, the website is the Hit Factory SG. Dot com. So that will be the best way to find out information. Our Facebook page is updated regularly, and you can follow us on Twitter as well. Okay, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna put it in the show notes. I'm gonna put a link to the website, to your website, and to the Hit Factory website. And uh, so anyone interested can can find that right in the show notes. Great, David. Thank you for your time, and I appreciate your support. Anytime, Owen. Thanks again, buddy. All right. Bye bye. Take care. That wraps up episode number 45. I want to thank Owen again for taking the time to share his story. Uh, quite an inspirational one. He's, uh, he's seen and done it all. And, uh, man, if I could only go back and, and uh, follow in his footsteps, I would do it in a heartbeat. So, Owen, thanks for that extra inspiration. I'm going to head out on my own journey within Europe uh, whenever I find the time uh, in between you know, taking my kids to the movies or uh, playing baseball or coaching baseball, I'm definitely going to make some trips myself because uh, you've you've definitely got that uh, travel bug instilled back into me. So, um, for those of you that are looking to do the same, you could have, head over to www.internationalbaseballcommunity.com and create a free profile. Uh, if you've already done so and you're having trouble finding a club, we also offer a placement service. Uh, so go ahead and give me an email if you're interested, and I'll tell you more about that. It's d.burns at baseballjobsoverseas.com. If you have another minute or two, stick around and listen to a little extra clip from Owen as he shares one more thing that he's experienced overseas that has changed his life forever. So without further ado, let's listen to this last minute of conversation between myself and Owen Reed. So Owen, uh, one one last thing. Uh, I, you did mention during the interview that uh, that you've got a girlfriend. So my my curiosity's peaked now and i'm 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 wondering how you're you're able to travel the world playing baseball coaching baseball um managing baseball uh and and maintain a relationship so uh first of all is she american or, or did you meet her in australia or, or 
how did that how, how long have you been with her because i i haven't really uh, uh asked you this question before and i but it had crossed my mind if 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 there's if there's ever been a girl in the picture yes well recently there has been a girl in the picture and her name is Haley. she is australian she's from from Bustleton, Western Australia, which is a, a town several hours southwest of Perth, where I lived for the last four years. And we actually met through work. So when I worked for Baseball Western Australia in the Perth Heat, our, when I first started with them, we had our office building that was a shared space with the organization that Haley worked with at the time. And so we met, I know this is bad, but we met on Valentine's Day and was introduced to Haley from my boss or by my boss at the time and it wasn't much you know we kind of just saw each other once in a while and then uh, things started to get a little bit more serious and we, we traveled together in Australia and, and I met her family and then Haley traveled back to the United States with me and she met my family and then my family came to Australia and Haley traveled with us and then back to the United States we went again and, and Haley again saw my family and spent some significant time with with my family and close friends and so we've been we've been through quite a bit together, and and currently she she works still in Perth and studies at the University of Western Australia where she's doing her MBA, and I'm in Singapore. So yet another challenge has been thrown our way, but but we're certainly we're certainly up for it, and we love each other, and we're in a position where we want to be together, and and the circumstances right now, although they don't allow us to physically be together all the time are certainly advantageous for us professionally and are, are going to be setting us up to to hopefully be together and, and have a great life together moving forward when it all aligns. Yeah, yeah. well, I guess this is the first time really significantly being away from her because if you've been in Australia up until this recent role, then, then this is it. And this is definitely the challenge, but it's a cool part to your story. Uh, so it sounds like maybe there will be some settling down and maybe not as much moving around in the future. We'll see how that goes. But, um, uh, yeah, it's definitely uh, your, 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 your life path has kind of just been taking so many different routes. And, and now you've, you've not only, you know, uh, found uh, baseball all around the world, but you've also found love. So that's pretty, pretty darn cool. So uh, I, I, maybe one day I'll be out in Australia and, and I'll uh, get to meet her. Well, she's definitely been, uh, I'll go ahead and say it, she's been my best catch so far. Made a lot of catches on the baseball field <laughs> and uh, certainly cer- certainly dropped a lot of balls as well, but definitely uh, definitely been my best catch one. so far. Don't drop the ball on this one. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. good advice, David. Thank you. Right on. Perfect. Well, you know, thanks, Owen, again for your time. And uh, we'll, uh, yeah, I look forward to, to like I said, seeing where this goes and, and seeing how uh, the Hit Factory grows and uh it looks like uh, quite an amazing facility. I, I looked at the website, and uh, you got a lot of big names uh, helping out or coming in, and uh, some quality coaches. So I think when when you're running the show, it's going to be a it's a good, it's going to be a success. So good luck, and uh, let's stay in touch. David, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. No problem. See ya. All right. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs>